You're listening to The Nerd Table, part of the CKCC Radio Family of Podcasts. Find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Play the fucking track! Play the fucking track! Hello, I'm uh, Dan, here with The uh, Nerd Table. Welcome to The Table. We have a nice spread for you this evening. Of course, we have the classic salad bar. Uh, the, the the singular slice of pizza is also available to you, and whatever is in the regular lunch line that I didn't go to the entire time I was in high school. I'm joined by Chris and Eric. I totally went into the other lunch line because the other lunch line had chicken patties, and that was almost always my high school lunch. I mean, I kind of just gambled with like fruit roll-ups you gambled Hell what'd yeah. you trade them for <laughs> like what do you mean we, we like you took up- your chance on them or you like were like played games with them you played, did you play games right? did you take so, texas hold'em right with no, yeah fruit roll-ups? Ma- just magic the gathering and marvel it, overpower exactly. that's exactly <laughs> what it was it was magic the gathering and Yu-Gi-Oh, and then winner takes all the fruit roll-ups <laughs> we, we just have a little tur- uh, tournament and then the loser gets all right. with all the f- fucking. All right, spaghetti. look, look, money. Okay, food. Nah, I ain't gambling my food for nothing. No, no, no. What you do is you eat some before you even go, so it doesn't even matter. Oh, is it one of those deals where you you give them the fruit roll up with the little shapes in it, but you punched out all the shapes and you just give them the the square? Pretty much <laughs> with all the holes in it. I was an asshole. What can I say? Which could end up just rolling up. What do you mean, was? Do you remember Fruit by the Foot? I remember. Yeah. Oh, I love that thing. And then then it would have, like, facts and stuff on it. Like, opening up a Snapple bottle. Does anybody remember String Thing? It was a fruit snack that was in like a wacky shape on a on a piece of paper and you would just it was one long string but it was in a shape and you would just peel it off and eat that some bitch. That thing was delicious too. About 6 feet of bubble tape for you, not them. Oh yeah. Well, I wasn't a gum guy, so that didn't affect me. You know what? I, oh. God, I, I'm thinking about all these snacks I used to eat. Remember Gushers? Yeah, I was just about to bring up Gushers. Those things were the best. I remember we went to some kind of a Halloween event. Maybe it was the Disney one. It was something where there was trick-or-treating involved. And one of the things I got was a pack of fruit Gushers. And I was more excited about that than any other thing that I had in that bag. I think I even saved it for last because I'm like, that's the main event right there, the fruit Gushers. Oh, those things were amazing. They were your basic fruit snack, but there was a little bit of juice in there. It was so good. So friggin' good. We need more stuff like that. Like, I know that I'm sure they still make fruit snacks for kids with little gimmicks going on, but I, I don't I don't think kids got all the great stuff that we got. I'm, yeah. do, I'm doing the old guy back in my day deal, but well, I, 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 I found I found a lot of things disappeared once I was too old for them. 
That's because it was yeah. unhealthy or unsafe or caused cancer. Well, I also found that there, there, there is a birth drop rate as well. Like everything just there wasn't enough people. Thanks, Mal. Of the right age, interested enough to continue the business. It's a weird thing, right? I've seen that stat too. The birth rate's going down, but the population of the planet's still going up. And I'm like, how does that even work? Because there's more people, which means even if we have half of them reproduce, that's still more people than there used yeah, to be. Yeah, that's true because people are living longer. So <clears throat> even if the birth rate's dropping, if the birth rate is still higher than the death rate, then yeah, the population would go up. But when you think about that at first, I'm like, what? what is that? How? Why? Who? Because my my first my knee jerk thought before Dan would use science to explain the truth here, my knee jerk thought was, are they friggin' cloning them? Are we just dropping clones all over the place? Uh, but, you know, my I have a very scientific founded mind, which is why I'm so fascinated by watching science videos and everything. But. My, I always have to take those couple of minutes to analyze stuff because my knee-jerk reaction to everything is never correct and is never the scientific answer. I think I might be broken. <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, I got some announcements, boys. Uh-oh. Yes. Uh, here on CKCC Radio, we have a brand new podcast that just debuted this past Thursday. So if you go to ckccradio.com, which is currently fully updated as we record this episode, uh, I had fallen back a little bit on getting all the episodes updated on it, but I updated everything before we started recording, and I added the new page for Said Talks, our brand new podcast. Chris Decker, my one of my closest friends in just in life in general, he was one of my groomsmen at my wedding, he started a one-man Rant About Everything podcast. To describe it, who here is familiar with Bill Burr? Oh, yep. I mean, yeah. I was going to say, that should be both of you. Yeah. <laughs> so both of you should have responded I, to that. I okay. it was a rhetorical question. Yes. Okay. So Bill Burr's podcast is literally just him talking for two hours straight about whatever he feels like. He just talks. No guests or anything. He just talks. That's what Chris's show is going to be, except the only difference is Chris's show's going to be a half hour because anything longer than that he doesn't really want to do it no edits it's just chris decker's stream of consciousness as he calls it and you can check out the first episode today wherever you listen to ckcc radio or go to ckccradio.com go to the podcast section and go to said talks you will find it on there said c-e-d are his initials christian elliot decker which is why he chose it and the uh, idea of how he he started the show literally happened in less than a 12-hour span from me giving him the idea to do it, and it's actually a pretty funny story. I was simultaneously, you know, laying in bed late at night watching shit on my iPad. I was watching TED Talks. If anybody out there doesn't know what TED Talks are, they are they're basically inspirational speeches, um, scientific-type speeches and everything, things that kind of make you think. They're really, really fascinating, and they're really fun to watch. And I don't think they're that long either. I think they're usually under 10 minutes long, if I'm not mistaken. And I was watching some TED Talks and everything, and Decker has been going under the said IRL moniker on Facebook, which stands for Chris Decker in real life. 
Uh, Chris Decker IRL is his Twitter handle. And I was watching a TED Talk and I'd found a meme or something. I don't even remember what it was because, again, I was like half asleep. So my brain's just operating on autopilot at this point. It's like it's like 1230 in the morning. And I found a meme and I'm like, I got to send that to Decker. And I'm listening to the TED Talk and I see his name, CED and everything. And I'm like, hey, it'll be funny. You should do a podcast and call it said talks like that's literally the only thing I send him the message for. I didn't even send him the meme. I just said that and forgot to send him the meme. So I wake up the next morning and I miss a phone call from him because I was on a job interview and I listen to the voicemail. He's like, hey, I took your advice. Uh, I just sent you the first episode. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> like, like, that just threw me off. So I call him. He's like, yeah, I got your message. And uh, I've actually wanted to do something like this for a while. So here you go. And there you have it. That's how a new podcast was born on our channel. So, yeah, it's just it, it's a great show because it's it's exactly like talking to Chris in person. A lot of disconnected stories. Uh, just he gets on one topic to another. He starts stories and then doesn't finish them. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to use that to my advantage because I'll finish them on the next episode. I'm like, you're just a giant ass cliffhanger. And we're going to talk about this this week. But I'm there's a lot of cliffhangers going on lately. So. We're going to talk about Loki in a little bit. But yeah, that's that's so there's a brand new show. So uh, Chris Decker from the A show. So now. So it's cool because Chris and Matt do the A show together and then Matt Derline does by the numbers and now Chris does said talks. So now they have their own individual project on top of the project they do together. So just new content on our channel. Our 14th podcast. Welcome to the family said talks. So check that out, guys. I think you'll enjoy it. And this is very exciting news. Uh, this is a CKCC radio main announcement, but we're going to mostly be doing this just on the nerd table because this show gets the most listens. And I like to keep our other shows focused on the subject matter. So this is the right place to put. We have our very first sponsor for CKCC radio, guys. Oh, so shit. is it? That's mobile? right. You wish. <laughs> oh, man, it's probably fucking Raid Shadow Legends. Dude, dude do I have to shave my balls? <laughs> it's not Manscaped. No, <laughs> no, it's not them either. <laughs> Are we just throwing out random shit now? Look at all this fucking no, publicity we're doing. You're plugging shit that doesn't pay us. So don't do that. <laughs> don't do that, damn it. No. That's audible.com slash nerd. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're not paying us. Stop promoting them. All right. Okay. Bitch. Okay. Okay. So we're going <laughs> to do sponsor plugs on the show, but I'm not going to do a commercial spot. I'm going to do I'm going to make it a segment and tie it into other stuff we're doing. My favorite sponsor plugs on podcasts are the ones where they make it part of the show and they interact and everything because a people aren't going to skip it because the second you find out it's a standard commercial and you've already heard it, people start hitting the fast forward button and if the sponsor's taking care of us, then I don't want people to do that. So I figure if I try to make it fun, people won't skip. And if you if you are skipping it, guys, just a reminder, the reason you're listening to the show and the reason it's still free for you is because of our patrons and now our sponsors. So, yeah, don't Wait, do that. They're saving our show and you could save money, too. 
if you switch Ed. to Kaiko. Sorry, I that was the last one. That's the last no, it'd one. It would be the general. It would be the general. Uh, the general. general. All right, you actually want to save some money the next time you plan a vacation? Here's our here's our sponsor, EC Travel. By Emerson A. Cotton, who you guys might know as Adrian Cotton. He does the Motivational Moves podcast. He has actually expressed interest in being a guest on this show. We're going to try to work him in at some point. So here's the deal, guys. If you don't have time to plan your next vacation, just go to emersoncotton.intellitravel.com, link in the description of this episode, and let him do it for you. Not only can he get you great deals, great discounts, but he genuinely enjoys doing it. Unlike those other websites, Travelocity or Expedia, he'll help you the whole way. And because he works on commission, you don't pay a dime for his services. So what would you actually have to lose by letting him help you plan your next vacation other than literally saving money? So why wouldn't you go to emersoncotton.intellitravel.com and book your next vacation? And as a special get treat for all of our CKCC radio people, if you book through CKCC radio and let him know that you're a listener of any of our fine programming, you can get a voucher for a three day, two night getaway to the location of your choice. So why wouldn't you plan your next vacation? Where do you guys want to go on vacation? I mean, normally the couch, but if I had to pick an actual location, <laughs> I, I want to go Eric, to Disney. Eric's out there researching Airbnbs to find ones that have really comfortable couches so he can vacation to another couch. Yeah, just be like, oh, this one's got a lazy boy. Fuck yeah, going to that place. <laughs> oh, If it's uh, got one of those those massage chairs, the vibrating recliners. Yeah, I mean, I, I may never leave. Uh, but the obviously, you can turn I've up so been, high you can feel your brain. I've never been to Disneyland. I think I'd go to Disneyland. Disneyland's fun. I recommend it. I think everybody should go to Disneyland at least once. You should go to Disney World at least once too, and you should go to both because they are different. Even even the the rides that are the same, Space Mountain, Pirates, Haunted Mansion, are still different at the other parks. So like, like why wouldn't you do it? They have to be, it's because Disneyland is on a certain size of land, and they can't do anything without removing one of the reasons why he made Disney World. Because there's not enough room for all his ideas. <laughs> well, you gotta... And then he died before it was done. Jesus. Good lord. Well, there you have it. So plan your next vacation. Go through CKCC Radio. Save some money. You can. You might be able to win a voucher. And yeah, you don't pay anything. The only thing that you pay is your time and and for your wallet to be even heavier at the end of your trip than it would have been otherwise. Because I don't know about you guys, but I spend a lot of money on vacations. Because you went to Atlantic City and you hit big on the crabs. I have never lost money in Atlantic City yet. I haven't been there in a while, so let's let's not quote me on that. So uh, we have a top five challenge this week, a nice, simple one. This was actually Dan's idea, so I'm going to let him tell you guys about it. I decided let's do the top five songs by your favorite band. Yes. And uh, please tell everybody how you trolled me so bad for almost a week straight. 
It's actually really funny. Well, that's thing. Uh, <laughs> it was like, well, who is your favorite band? And he was like, there'll be no Fred Durst on this list. And I said, well, maybe what if Limp Bizkit is my favorite band? And he's like, no, it's not. And I was like, bitch, they might be. I know who your favorite band is, but you were so convincing with it. I was like, son of a bitch. Is that really his favorite band? I mean, with as, with as often as I reference them and they come up. Yeah. Maybe. 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 Uh, this was a pretty <laughs> hard challenge. Well, I, yeah. I even I struggled with mine because we all, we're all doing a different artist, by the way. And uh, Eric and I, you guys almost did the same because <laughs> our our one and twos are literally flipped. Yeah, because my favorite artist is Disturbed. Eric's favorite is Linkin Park. And then our number twos are the opposite. <laughs> so. So at least you're going to get different content from the two of us. And then, Dan, I actually do know who Dan's favorite band is. And I'm not I'm not at all surprised because I know I know about your vinyl collection. Okay. Yeah. I guess it is my turn to go first, and it's my idea, so I'm gonna go first. So my number five Limp Biscuit song is rearranged from Significant Other. I love that he's actually going with this. This is my uh, number best. four is Rollin' <laughs> air, air Raid Vehicle, not the not the rap one. Rearranged Rearrange is actually a good song, though. Rearrange is great with the the bass line in the beginning. So I I disliked Roland until we actually started using it for entrance music for Mike Simsek. <laughs> and hey, he embraced that, too. And for for you guys who don't know who our, my friend Mike is, Mike is a paraplegic from birth. And that yes, was he, his he idea. Has, he has spina bifida. He has spina bifida. Yes. And that was his idea. And he embraced it, and it was really funny. We, and we went with it. Because Mike Mike did timekeeper work for some of our wrestling promotions, and one time we actually gave him an entrance. <laughs> and, the, hey, the people laughed. People were actually for it. They were cheering him on. He's got he's got a good sense of humor about the situation, so. I mean, my I got a good... Th- yeah, go ahead. My number three Limp Bizkit song is Take a Look Around, Mission Impossible 2. Number two is that one. Number two is break stuff. <laughs> the theme of my high school. There's just this. There's date. I mean, it's just one of those days, right? Like you just have a bad day, and you could. I mean, I find even myself. I can go either way. You can you can be sad about your bad day, or you can be mad about your bad day. And when you're mad about your bad day, it's a break stuff. Listen, party, baby. Dude, in our in our senior yearbook, we did the we did the thing. What is the song that best describes high school? And my favorite submission was Break Stuff by Limp Biscuit. By the way, I graduated in 2003, everybody. So. And, and my number one Limp Biscuit song is My Way. That actually is probably my favorite Limp Biscuit song, too. If I'm being. Now, <laughs> for my actual list. <laughs> I'm so happy you did that, though. <laughs> <laughs> now, were those actually your five favorite Limp Bizkit? Yes, songs? those are my five favorite. Okay. And there are only two different albums, unless you can, because take a look around is on both Chocolate Starfish and the Mission Impossible Two soundtrack. <laughs> but no, but really, my favorite band is the Who. 
That's such a great band. And if you only know a half a uh, handful of their songs, you will probably not get one of them on my list. <laughs> if you only know the CSI ones, you're you're not going to get got here. I don't even like that song. I actually don't really like that song. We used a, you know, there was a Who song used at the Universal attraction I worked at at Disaster. Really? Yeah. Did you, you did you not know that? No. You've been to the Disaster ride, right? Yeah, but like it's no offense, very forgettable. I, I could I can't remember. Oh, it's extremely forgettable. <laughs> but other than other than the Rock and Christopher Walken being part of it, there's nothing else to remember about that ride. But. If you are uh, if you're on the ride, one of the parts they do is they have the audience stand up and wave their hands in front of their face as if there's a really bad smell. And they play this, they play a tr- uh, part from the song. And then the disaster movie itself is that they're actually being attacked by creatures like mm-hmm. like insects and stuff. And that's what they're actually swatting. But you don't tell them that to do the thing because then people start freaking out. They just just cringe your noses and act like you smell something bad. And the song that they play is that smell. <laughs> All right. So my number five song by the who is you better, you bet from the album face dances. Okay. This one, you better, you better, you bet. Ooh. Yeah. Anyway, we're not going to play no- these by the way, guys. Number four is the real me from quadrophenia which is their second rock opera. Uh, my number three is See Me, Feel Me, Slash Listening to You. It's the very last song in Tommy. It's actually part of another song, but there's a 45 of just that section, and I have that 45. Nice. My number two song is Love, Rain, or Me, also from Quadrophenia. I like that song. Is that a co- it, that's not a cover. That's been covered, right? Oh, I'm sure it has been covered. I, I I've seen I've heard a cover of it. I don't remember who covered it. So that song is really great because it uses rain as the percussion for the for most of it. That's a good idea. And my number one song by the Who is Pure and Easy. But not the regular original version, but the version from their album Odds and Sods, which the cover is a picture of them wearing football helmets that spell out rock on the front of them. It's mostly remixes and unreleased stuff because they were, I think they were like working on another album and it was taking too long. And the company was like, you need an album out this year and you're not going to finish that album this year. So you're like, well, here's this. Ah, good list. I think my favorite song by The Who is probably The Seeker. I've always just really liked the beat of that song a lot. And I'm a big fan of Baba O'Reilly, which they still play on the radio on the classic hit station. So whenever that comes on, I start I start rocking out to that one. I'm surprised you didn't say Fred Durst's cover of Behind Blue Eyes. Which is awful. Absolutely awful. 
But the lyrics right, Eric, are good. <laughs> oh, the lyrics are good. But then he friggin' Limp Biscuits it up. Of which course is, he does. Yeah. Which because is a tragedy. Fred because Fred Durst. Uh, it is really hard to pick my top five. Uh, by the way, the, my band's going to be Linkin Park, if you haven't figured it out. I think we've mentioned this before. But my number one is Linkin Park. My number two is Disturbed. Um, Linkin Park... Man, my number five, I'm going to have to give it to Numb slash Encore. Because oh, you're going for the... Yeah. You're going for the Jay-Z hybrid? Yeah. Collision course. Really fucking good. It's really good. It, In my opinion, it makes both songs better. Can and I, I love get an Numb. Encore? What the hell are you waiting for? Yeah, I got that in my head now. Yeah. That is a, that's actually a really good remix, though. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I I also always thought that the remix that he did of Izzo in the end was really good too on that album. Yeah, it's a good album. It is. It's six songs, and they're all remixes that work. And you wouldn't think they did, but they they did. Did I tell you the story about the time I went to see Lincoln Park? There was a guy in the crowd who you could tell was there because he probably heard them with with Jay-Z. And that's why he was there. And between every song, he's like, where's Jay-Z? And like the first couple of times he said it, it was funny. But he said it between every single song. And then finally, people were just getting sick of it. We're like, all right, we get it, dude. It's not funny anymore. Yeah. Um, it's like you're going to bring Jay-Z around for an entire freaking tour. <laughs> I feel like Jay-Z is just kind of going around doing his own thing now. He uh, He's trying to be like Snoop Dogg. Like, uh, there was a meme about Snoop Dogg. Like, Snoop Dogg has finished the game and is now just doing all the side quests. Because he's just doing everything. <laughs> he's doing whatever the fuck he wants. He's done. He's in break stuff, just hanging around. <laughs> I like the I like the meme where it's uh, it's Snoop Dogg with Martha Stewart. And they're laughing about how one of them's been to jail and the other has it. And they're trying to laugh about Snoop Dogg. And then people are like, yep, we've reached a point where everyone forgets Snoop Dogg was on trial for murder. (laughs) We're at that point now. Yeah. Oh, shit. Did you ever hear the uh, the Gabriel Iglesias story about when he met Snoop Dogg and Snoop Dogg put him on a show? No. Uh, yeah, we got we to gotta do more stuff on uh, stand-up comedians, but I was watching the Gabriel Iglesias clip, and he's like, you know how, he's like, when you go to most talk shows, there's like a producer or a director or somebody who tells you when they're going to do, when they're going to start. He goes, nope. Snoop just walks in, sits down. At some point, they started recording. He's like, yo, Fluffy, what's up? And that was the, the whole talk show, was he was just super casual. And then he actually... He's like, he's like, you know, this guy, right? Like everybody knows who Snoop Dogg is, but you don't realize how hardcore he is. He had access to songs that were actual Mexican cartel drug songs that don't get played on the radio. And not only did he know them, but he was playing them for Gabriel Iglesias. And he's like, yup, this guy's the real deal. All right. Let's go back to Lincoln Park. Somehow we got to Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Yeah. Six Um, six degrees of six degrees of Chester Bennington. (laughs) Oh, Chester. Rest in peace. Rest in um, peace. Number four, What I've Done, Minutes to Midnight. Oh, that's a great song. What? Yeah. I feel uh, like- unfortunately, it is tied into the Transformers movie. Yeah, but you watch the end of that Transformers movie and it goes into that and you're just like, fuck yeah! Yeah, no, that was pretty good. 
it was the best part of that movie. <laughs> which is why, which is why it speaks volumes for the rest of the movie. Oh man, uh, that is a great song, though. Um. So yeah, my number three uh, is going to be Points of Authority. I I want to say the reanimation version, uh, but here's the thing, right? Like you need to hear the hybrid theory. Uh, you need the hybrid theory version in your head by the time reanimation hits, because then you're just like way more hyped for it. You know what I mean? Points of it. Okay, so hybrid theory is my all time favorite album. Yes, it's their first because album, and it's like the best. But it's a perfect. It's a perfect album. Even the worst song where Chester just plays with his toys, uh, copyright Dan Peck for that quote, is still fun to listen to. Because they weren't pressured. Like, it was their first album. They could do whatever they want. They weren't pressured to do these hits right. or get out so much. They relaxed. They did exactly what they wanted to do. That song, I mean, that entire album's a friggin' banger. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Number two, number two is going to be uh, in the end. Yes, that's my that's my favorite Linkin Park song. Uh, and it was really it's- hard to pick between that and I'm going to give a uh, I know I, I shouldn't, but an honorable mention is crawling. That's a great song, too. That might be my number two song off of that album, actually. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but in the end is that's the song I think most people know by Linkin Park. I think that's really become their biggest hit. And I appreciate the fact that that song transcended just the rock genre. So, like, when I listen to the 80s to now station, they play in the end on that station. So in between the Cars and the Jonas Brothers, if they decide to throw a little Linkin Park in there. Yeah, it's going to be in the end. I'm still it's, surprised it's WWE hasn't used it for the Royal Rumble. It's it's mind-boggling to me. Well, now they they focus on hip hop now and Bad Bunny. So, and then my number one, and it's because it's the first song that I heard from them, and brought me into Lincoln Park. Ooh. And that, on top of that, I saw it in a homemade like music video with Dragon Ball Z at the time because that was like a big fucking thing to do. Can I guess? Go ahead. Go ahead. Take a guess. Is it One Step Closer? Yes. Yes! Yes, it is. One Step Closer. That's a rocking banger. Oh. It is a rocking banger. Imagine that being your first song. Not in the end. I didn't I haven't I didn't hear in the end at first. It was Yeah, but One Step Closer was my first song too. It would be almost everyone's first song. It probably is. That's the the one that went nuts. The the man, I'll I'll tell you exactly what it was too. It was um a a friend of mine was taking some computer animation classes or some video editing classes or whatever, and he was putting together this fucking music video and he could do whatever he want for his presentation. So he took some like Dragon Ball Z clips and he started playing this song. Uh, going to Gohan, going Super Saiyan 2 for the first time after Android 16 mm. gets destroyed. And I was just like, dude, holy fucking spoilers, shit. dude. You don't know any of these characters. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Gohan is Goku's grandfather, and he's dead before the show even starts. Exactly. 
Yeah, that's exactly what happened. That's who Gohan is in Dragon Ball, though. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna talk about that in a little bit too, because we got We got to get Dan's update. The, the DBZ. Yes. Da ah, Lincoln Park. God, I love Lincoln Park. I'm so happy I got a chance to see them live. All right. Oh, did you go to live in uh, live in Texas? Did, you, did, did, did I go to Texas, Eric? I mean, no, I did not go to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no interest in going to Texas. I've been once. I'm good. Now, I went to Bamboozle 2007 in the parking lot of Giant Stadium. And I saw Yellow Card, Kill Switch Engage, Weird Al, tons of other bands that I can't remember off the top of my head. I probably have a picture of the lineup somewhere, but I just I just can't remember. And uh, Lincoln Park was the main stage headliner. And Chester was going to bring his newborn out and he was sleeping, so he decided not to. And then somebody booed and they're like, dude, did you just boo a one year old? Fuck you. <laughs> and then one of the other guys gets on the gets on the mic and goes, I bet you hate puppies, too, don't you, loser? And everybody starts cheering and booing the guy at the same time. That was great. Love those guys. All right. So Disturbed is my favorite band. I have said this multiple times before. I think David Draymond is one of the most talented singers of all time. His range is Because he can do an opera range, and then he can do a growling heavy metal range, which is insane to me. And I know he's got he's had a a lot of vocal cord surgery. So I'm sure he sadly, he probably won't be able to sing forever. But he also married a a former WWE diva. Did you know that? I did not. Did you know that, Dan? I think I did. Yeah. uh, What what the hell is her name? Lena Yada. Ah, yeah, that was her name. Lena Yada. She, uh, I don't think she really wrestled. I think she just did interview and valet stuff. But yes, she uh, she married David Draymond in 2011. Uh, they had one child together because in an interview, she David Draymond revealed she was in labor for 26 hours. <laughs> and she, he's like, he's like, I kind of want to have another kid, but I don't think she wants to go through that again right now. So. Um, I could do a top 30 list with Disturbed. Even on my big ultimate playlist I've made for car rides, um, actually severely edit down all of my music and only pick what I think is the best of the best stuff. I still have 45 Disturbed songs on that playlist. So, yeah, I have I have quite a, quite a bit here. So but for all the I, listeners, I a- uh, Chris is actually just narrowing it down to the top five albums. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could do that, but (laughs) so coming up with just five was really hard because, like I said, there's like 40 honorable mentions. So we'll just stick with the five. And when people are like, oh, you didn't mention this song, it's on there. Trust me. You got to go with five. So number five is, of course, Down With The Sickness, because it has to be. That was everybody's first Disturbed song. That's the song that made them famous. I still rock out to that song. And I love that. You gotta get up. That that drum beat is killer, though. Like, that's one of my favorite things about that song is how great the drums are. Yeah, yeah it's 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 a great song. We played that at my senior prom, by the way. That was a request. Um, 
just just to have a little bit of fun, one of my classmates, uh, I'll give him a shout out. Austin, if you are listening to this, I don't think you probably are. But if you are, I'll give you a shout out because I re- distinctly remember it was your idea. He, They were like, hey, let's get all the guys on the dance floor. We're going to do a mosh pit. And they put on Down With The Sickness. And I was like, well, prom just went from being lame to being memorable because I don't remember jack else about my senior prom. Except that it was relatively, it was just a relatively boring social thing where a bunch of us just chatted and wandered around while we were dressed nice. And you spent literally hundreds of dollars for it. I didn't. But, I mean, it was fun. I don't regret going. But, yeah, down with the sickness. Awesome. It's, uh, it, that will always be in my top disturbed songs no matter what else happens. Yeah, I agree. Open up your hate. Uh, next song is called The Light. Oh. You guys are familiar with this song uh, at from, all. Uh, what's it called? Immortal something? Um, uh, Immortal. That is on the Immortalized album. Yes. Yes. The Light. Uh, the music video is really cool, too. It's about a, a firefighter who gets permanently scarred, and he's basically trying to reintegrate back into society, and everybody's giving him, you know, he's walking around with his hood up and his... He's got kind of like the uh, the Harvey Dent thing going on, and he's getting all these strange looks and everything. And then there's a nurse that sees him for who he really is, and he still finds love at the end. It's kind of funny, actually, because even objectively, they they 100% used a really hot guy, and they did not make him up that badly. So everybody's just being really scummy in that video. Like, if you watch that, you're going to be like, it's actually a hot guy, and he's not that burned. So these girls are just being assholes, and the kids and everything that are pointing are just being jerks. Kids are jerks anyway, though. Well, yes. There, there's nothing. But the way those kids acted is probably accurate, actually. Probably, yeah. They probably didn't even hire kids. They actually literally just went out there. And found <laughs> they just kids. sent the guy out in the makeup and just let let kids react naturally. Yeah. Sons of bitches, freaking, ch- freaking children, child wren. Ugh. Bunch of fucking savages in this town. Savages, yeah. Well, as a childless millennial, <laughs> let me let's. But yeah, but the the message behind the song <laughs> is really powerful too. Sometimes darkness can show you the light, and it's all about finding the light in your darkest moments. I think it's a song that a lot of people could really use in their life. So and and it's it again it showcases his range as a vocalist. I, I absolutely. Love that song. The Immortalized album isn't really my favorite album. Um, There's only two songs that I can really think full. Well, maybe three, but like the the light. And well, I'll put it this way sound. on my on on my actual uh, car playlist here, my ultimate playlist. I've only got uh, four tracks from Immortalized made the cut. So. That should give you an idea of what I think about the album as a whole. Whereas uh, my favorite album, which is 10,000 Fists, has almost the entire album on here. I only cut like one or two songs. The ones that I would find myself skipping the most, I just cut them out. Which is usually how I do this when I do album stuff is what song do I generally have a tendency to skip? I just get rid of it and I don't bother putting it on there because then I'm going to skip it anyway. So. Uh, number three, this is actually a really powerful song. It's called Into the Fire. It has a really, really great beat. It sounds really rockin'. It sounds like something that you'd want to use as an intro song if you were a wrestler, an MMA fighter or anything. But the actual song is about suicide. And it's actually about David Draymond's ex-girlfriend committing suicide. 
So it's very, very powerful. And when you know what it's about and you analyze the lyrics, it really gut punches you. And that's something that I think Disturbed is really good at. Because they know how to get to your emotional tendencies. Like two of the songs that aren't on my list, but I want to I want to shout them out anyway, are uh, they're they're kind of they're kind of ballads. Um, Reason to fight and hold on to memories, which both came off the Evolution album. And it's literally just their their acoustic style songs, and it's David Draymond just singing, and they both have strong messages behind them. Didn't they just come out like last year or something? Evolution, yeah, that's their newest album. I, I haven't heard anything on that one yet. I have to. Yeah, I re- I recommend it. Give give it a try. Um, it's got some it's got some good rocking stuff on there too. But then they've got the because that once he started discovering um. Once he really discovered what his vocal range was and they actually started putting them out there, it's insane how like just listening to it, you're like, this is fantastic. Just go back to the Believe album. Listen to Darkness, the last song on the track. It doesn't sound anything else like the rest of the stuff on there. And uh, love it. Uh, Number two is Stricken, which might be the most rock and kick ass song they've ever put out. It's got a great intro. It's fast paced. It's one of their lyrically best songs. It's a you know how like some albums, they have that song where everything in that song is just perfectly heavy. It's it's a heavy sounding song. It's the most headbanging song on the album. Stricken is that song off of 10,000 Fists. My favorite album and my favorite song on that album is Stricken. And that's an album that includes their friggin' cover of Land of Confusion, which is amazing. So for Stricken to be the best song on that album, you know that there's some good shit going on there. Well, now I don't know what your fucking number one is. <laughs> I, I was trying to keep track of it, and then I'm just fucking, it's, it's gone. Give well, I a, said Down With The Sickness, I said Stricken. What else could there possibly be? Uh, well, give me a hint. Give me an album, at least. I can't do that. You can't do it because it's the same title, isn't it? <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you motherfucker. It's 10,000 fists. You're like, you son of a bitch. No, it's not 10,000 fists. <laughs> uh, it's not even Believe, <laughs> which it, it could have been Believe, I guess. Could have been. It could have been Asylum, but it's not Asylum. Uh, yeah. Holy, yeah. You know what? They do that every fucking time, don't they? Because they also have Immortalize on Immortalize. So it really could have been anything. I'm going to guess... Whatever they want it to be, man. Indestructible. That's a good guess. Indestructible is a great song, by the way. That's a that's a good heavy hitting, heavy hitting. That's a good uh, get you into the album song. Yeah, because I believe that that's the first song off of the off of the album. Is in fact indestructible off the indestructible album. Yeah, that's oh, it's so good. Now. You actually mentioned it already. This is not only my favorite Disturbed song, this is currently my number two all-time favorite song. Out of all other songs, if I were to quantify them. Nothing has ever dethroned Living on a Prayer, by the way. That's still, like, the greatest jam of all time. No, it's exactly, you said it earlier, it's their friggin' cover of The Sound of Silence. Yeah. So when I heard that, right... I saw that there was a Sound of Silence cover on the album, right? Because I had just gotten the album, and The Light was the song that they were focusing on at the time. So I'm going through the rest of the album. 
because I heard the light on the radio. Then I picked up Immortalized and I'm like, all right, let's listen to this thing. So I'm going through it, right? Eye of the Storm, Immortalized, The Vengeful One. I'm like, this is some kick-ass shit right now. Like, I'm I'm having a good time. Open your eyes. This is great. And then I'm, I'm looking down and I'm like, the sound of silence. I'm like, is this what I think it is? I, I might have to listen to this. Yeah. And it starts off with that slow piano, right? And I realize he's... And I'm like, oh, I was kind of hoping for a for like a metal rock inversion of Sound of Silence. That would have been cool. And then it starts kicking in. Right. And the orchestra picks up and then he actually starts singing at the higher octave. Right. Like he goes, I don't know my my octaves like soprano, all that stuff. Like I, don't, I can't fully identify soprano, tenor, all that stuff. When he gets but when he hits yeah, well, he, he starts gritty, right? And then he goes and he sings with his full range and the third verse. And then he finishes by going full on, full on grittiness. That song ended and I just stopped, right? Like I just stopped and I was just standing there. I, w- I was listening to it on Spotify. And I was like, I need to hear that again. And I played it again. And it's not often... That because because I and I'll fully admit to this because I think because I know that this is like a special thing that doesn't happen to everybody. If I will get emotional listening to music, like if a song really connects with me, like I will genuinely get emotional listening to it. And the second listen, I actually got emotional. And I think that's the fastest emotional turnover I've ever had for a song in my life. Like a genuine reaction, not like I associate the song with a sad moment in my life. Or this played at a funeral or something like that. Like, I genuinely was like, oh, my God. And I listened to it a third time. And I'm like, this might be the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. And then about a week or two later, the radio discovered it, right? They started putting it out on a single. And the first time I heard it, I was like, okay, so... Everybody has got to hear this and agree with me that this is the greatest thing ever. Like, now that everyone's going to know this and discover it, they have to agree. And it blew up. And it became, I think it actually became their biggest hit since Down With The Sickness. It's a fucking, it's a masterpiece is what it is. It is a musical fucking masterpiece. You threw me off because when I asked for like an actual album and you said i couldn't give it to you my immediate thought was great it's one of those albums is the title type of thing (laughs) that's why i was like well fuck because i was gonna guess the sound of silence and i was just like well i guess it can't be that well that's why i couldn't tell you the album because i just established i only picked four songs from that album for my playlist so if i said immortalized you were gonna be down to (laughs) i already mentioned one so there was down to three other songs uh, I mean, the only two that I know of, I'm, uh, honestly, for Immortalized is the light and sound of silence. So, yeah. Well, don't don't yeah. sleep. Uh, the two others I would recommend are Open Your Eyes and the Vengeful One. Don't sleep on those. Those are I think those are really good too. But yeah, no, uh, Sound of Silence fucking blew me away. And then I was actually, um, I was I was watching. Uh, I think it was a Loudwire interview with David Draymond, or actually could have been Dan Donegan. It may have been the guitarist because I've I've watched both of their interviews and I think he said that it was actually uh, Dan's idea. He was like, they were going to do it as a metal version. And then it was Dan that was like, what if we actually did it as a ballad? And they're like, what if we did it as a ballad? And Draymond went in 
And he hit that bitch with one take and blew them out of the water. And he said everybody was just stunned silent. The sound of silence. So I'll, I will recommend this song to everybody, even if you don't like metal or metal type music or whatever. This is not metal. This is an absolute ballad. It's a masterpiece of a song. Do yourself a favor. Go on YouTube. Watch the video. The video is really cool, too. Because it's them walking through like an almost like a post-apocalyptic wasteland in a way. And it's all shot in um in like sea tones and everything. Please, yeah, do yourself a favor and, and check that shit out. And then there's a video of this on YouTube too, and they actually released this as a bonus on one of their CDs. But doing one of their one of their live concerts, I think they were in Dallas or Houston, one of the big Texas cities. They actually brought Miles Kennedy on stage and they performed it as a duet. He's like, he's gonna be the Garfunkel to my Simon. <laughs> And I was like, this fucking Miles Kennedy, this is going to be great. And it's great. It's fucking great. Oh, there you have it. Good idea, Dan. See, I like doing a challenge like this because all of our stuff was different. Everything was different. And that's that's a ton of fun to do it that way. Okay, I got one for you guys real quick. Bonus challenge right now for all three of us. Okay. Your le- your number a song you hate from the band we just mentioned from Disturbed, impossible. Oh no, I could I could probably I could t- I could find one. Nah, do you have a Lincoln Park song that you hate? It can be a popular one that you're just you're just sick of it, and you, you don't you think it's overrated. What about I... you, Dan? Anything from the Who stick out? Damn. Um. Yeah, this is an on-the-spot challenge, I know. <laughs> I have one, but it's not because the song is bad. It's because of the information that I got while hearing the song. Okay. Uh, so, the song is One More Light. Okay. I was listening to that song while I was flipping through Facebook. And that's when I found out that Chester killed himself. Oh, I was I, I was suspicious. That's the direction that was about to go in. Dude, that'll do it, though. That will freaking do it. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. That's uh oh, so the the one thing is like a lot of people don't know this. I, I think you do, Chris, because I've shared it before. Is like Lincoln Park got me out of a really like bad depression, and they got yeah. me out of that train of thought. And then to to hear that, and then lose like you know somebody sure. who helped you get through that time. Yeah, it's fucking wild. Yeah. No, I. I- I hear you on that. I hear you on that. So my least favorite Disturbed song is actually one that you've probably never heard before. But uh, Dan Dan will understand this reference here. Dan, do you remember when Drowning Pool did that cover of Triple H's song, The Game, the the Mm. Motorhead song, and it was awful? Yes, I do. Did you know Disturbed attempted one, too? Did they? Yeah, don't listen to it. (laughs) It's not good. What's it called? Just, 
the game. The game? Yeah, like like Motorhead's the game. They they attempted one. Uh, Drowning Pool did one. Um, I've only ever heard a demo copy of it. I think it was like it was like sampled in like a YouTube video or something. But I was listening to it. I'm like, this is garbage. I'm so glad this never got released. Like that. Just just don't do it. Because it, it would be hard for me to really nitpick and find a song of theirs that I dislike. But I, they definitely oh, they definitely tried something I didn't like <laughs> at all. So please, please don't do that shit. Just don't. Just don't. All right, Dan, anything from The Who? Nothing that I've come up with yet. Anything you feel is overrated? Like... Well, I mean, because they became the theme songs of three CSI shows, <laughs> they yeah. lasted forever. I mean, yeah, I, I could that that would do it. Yeah, that would absolutely do it. But they're also three of the best songs ever, though. So that's the issue. Right? Like it's tricking. Who are you by Lil O'Reilly? And <clears throat> what was the other one? What was the other CSI's theme? Won't get fooled uh, again. Won't get fooled again. Let's see it. Okay, I was gonna say, don't ask me. I don't. I haven't watched CSI in a long time, so. Neither have I. I. Don't. Room, hey, I, do you remember? Remember Spike TV? Yes. And that it was television for men? Yes. Well, please to explain why my mother watched five hours of a, of a day and I watched two hours a week. Clearly your mom likes TV for men. Because they had CSI on all the time and she watched it all day every day. Okay. Well, I watched Raw on Monday. She watched five hours of CSI. Every yeah, day. Almost that almost doesn't make sense because I know way more women that like CSI and Law and Order and those type shows, and I know men that watch uh, it. So uh, women are obsessed with murder stuff because. Oh, no, I know. Planning. I'm, ma- I'm married. Always plotting. <laughs> I know. And I'm married. I think someone broke it down, and it's like it's really because women always feel diminutive, and it gives them. The ability to think about if I absolutely had to, wh- how would I do it? So I've been married for eight years and I'd like to make it to 10. So can we not? <laughs> can we not do this? Hi, she we not expose the matriarchy. It would be preferred. Yes. I have an auto email uh, uh, that always gets sent every 24 hours and I have to reset it so that you know if I don't make it, it'll get sent out. (laughs) (laughs) If you are reading this email, I am probably dead. Ah, son of a bitch. It was likely the woman. She has been watching too many Dateline murder shows. Alright, so I asked the group to give us their top fives from some of their favorite bands. Um, what I will do is I'll, I'll read the feedback from the person. I'll tell you what their band is. If you then choose to hear their top five, I will read it. And if not, you can read it in the group. So Randy Moyer is an EDM fan. His yep. favorite D- his favorite DJ is Paul Van Dyke. Okay. Jesus Christ. You going to let Eric talk or are you just going to make decisions for everyone? <laughs> I mean, I don't know anything about EDM, so I can't. I like EDM. I'm de- I, it's really something I have to be in the mood for. But it's. I was uh, going to say skip to the first person before anything got said anyway. So. Oh, well. <laughs> All right. So number five is Guiding Light. 
Number I mean, not, is, not that I'll have any idea what any of these are, even remotely. Sh- sure. Uh, number four is Touched by Heaven. Number three is Nothing But You. Number two is Another Way. And number one is Foreign Angel. I know nothing about Paul Van Dyke, so I got nothing there. Yeah, same. Uh, Adrian Cotton, our wonderful sponsor. Busta Rhymes. Ooh, okay. Number five, Pass the Cor... Corvassor? Corvassor? Corvassier. Corvassier. Well, I'm not French. Part two. (laughs) (laughs) Which means there's a part one. Corvassier. Number four is Break Your Neck. Yep. That's a good one. Number three is Call the Ambulance. Number two is Strutting Like a G-O-D. And then great choice for number one, Out of My Mind. Yeah. Songs of... So he posts this, right? And I just scrolled past a meme where somebody wrote, it was the Busta Rhymes, it was the Worcester Rhymes. So I posted that on there for him. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that that popped me. If you really want to party with me. All right. Our friend Chris Wright. Dan, Dan and I both know Chris, going back to the wrestling group. Michael Jackson. Oh, okay. Well. And Eric, I know you're an MJ fan. Yeah, let's hear his song. All right. No- Number five, Off the Wall. Okay. Number four, Butterflies. Number three, Who Is It? Number two, Beat It. Classic. And number number one, Dirty Diana. Really? <laughs> it's a good list. Yeah. It's a good list. Yeah. I I seriously was expecting Thriller to be on there. That's my thing. Thriller's great, but to me, I associate that as a Halloween song, so I don't want to hear it the rest of the year. <laughs> but I will listen to Beat It on repeat. That song is a banger. Yeah. That song is, it's so good. <clears throat> R.I.P. Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, R.I.P. Uh, Brian Leon, one of our loyal patrons here, his... Favorite band since he was 14 is Blind Guardian, and he discovered them on LimeWire. Remember LimeWire? Mm-hmm. I, I remember my computer virus. Yeah. <laughs> I think I don't remember if this was a meme or something or if, if it was text, but I remember somebody had written like it was like my it was one of those things like my first whatever, like the kid stuff, like my first whatever whatever i can't even think of an example but it was like my first computer virus and it was just a limewire logo and i was like oh yeah that sounds about right because <laughs> lincoln spelled out like the president park with an e or like p-a-r-q-u-e dot e-x-e yeah it's dot e-x-e you freaking get what you deserve you stupid bastard <laughs> i know well, that's the thing. You know right? what you're looking for is an MP3. Well, the fuck you thinking? Back in the day, right, with Windows 98, I don't know how far back you remember, but Windows 98 had the um I remember extension. Windows 98. Yeah. They they had an option to hide the extension so you wouldn't see the .exe or the .jpg or anything like that. It would just be whatever the title is. So a lot of people, they just, what they would do They just is, wanted you to yeah. kill your computers. Yeah. So basically what they did was they named a file and then they would purposely put in some sort of like dot or height or like some sort of um 
mm-hmm. uh, what's it called, comma or whatever, and then they would put JPG because they know that the actual extension would get hidden, and you would just open it and then run the program, and then you'd get fucked. <laughs> oh, that would be the best part, too. You would download the thing, and it was a JPEG, and it would download super fast. You're like, oh, that was quick, and then it's a picture. What the f- Son of a Picture of the dude stroking his dick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be. Uh, Brian didn't quantify his song, so I'm just going to read them as is. And then there was Silence, The Bard Song, Mirror Mirror, Other Land, and Sacred Worlds. By the way, Brian is a great connoisseur of um, sending me music to discover because he has discovered how much I love symphonic metal and he sends me stuff all the time. And I'm very behind on your list, Brian, because that's just how my life is. But he has sent me some friggin' gold mines bands. I've never even heard of before. And when you put metal with symphony, like fuck that, that, that might be my favorite genre of music ever. Like I told you guys, like I'm frig, I was friggin' in love with Nightwish The first time I heard them. And Lacuna Coil, when they would do more symphonic stuff, good God, put a female vocalist out there, put in put in an orchestra and just go. I'm in. I'm hooked. It's how I discovered Within Temptation and uh, Amaranth through that types of music. So uh, here's a fun one. Another band I've seen live from our friend Taylor Chadwick, another friend going back to the uh, the wrestling group days. Kill Switch Engage. They're really good live, by the way. Uh, his favorite songs, number five, Strength of the Mind. Number four, This is Absolution. Number three, The End of Heartache. That's such a great song. Number two, Temple from Within. And number one, Still Beats Your Name. Hells Yeah. Uh, Matt Hardman, patron and host of the Race Nerd Podcast, favorite band is Shinedown. Ooh, Shinedown. Yeah, that's a that's a great band because every one of their songs sounds different. They can do so many different styles of music. They can go heavy. They can go light. They can go inspirational. They can go simple. And it's their uh, their range is ridiculous. Uh, number five, Nowhere Kids. Number four, Second Chance. Number three, State of My Head. Number two, Sound of Madness. And number one, I Dare You. Yeah, they have. And then uh, that's the one WWE used. Yeah, they overused it, too. And then to the shock of nobody, our friend Jeff Trelowitz, podcast host and loyal patron. He's been on the show a few times. Queen is his favorite band. But if you know Jeff, you know that he is a big Queen guy. A crazy little thing called love at number five. Number four is under pressure. Number three is Bohemian Rhapsody. Number two, don't stop me now. And number one, the show must go on. Oh, that's a great list. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. All of them. Exactly. All All of them them are good. I probably would have put don't stop me now at my number one. So don't stop me now might be my number one, but I'm a big fan of Radio Gaga. That. That that might be one and two for me. I don't actually know. I haven't quantified Queen. So, all right. We've done done a lot of talk about music. Let's switch over to movies. Today, 
this morning, in fact, as we're recording this, I watched the brand new Space Jam A New Legacy. And I'd like to provide a review of the movie. I will avoid spoilers for people who haven't seen it, because even though this episode is coming out on Sunday, uh, as we're recording this. (laughs) Yeah. As we're recording this, uh, it is still the day that the movie came out. So I'm not going to go nuts and give away too much here. Okay, if you have liked the first Space Jam movie, you're probably going to like this one as well. You may, in fact, even like it more because it is a lot of fun. It's got some great jokes. Uh, Again, some of the funniest stuff happens when it's real life people interacting with other people. So. um, So the general plot, they've revealed this in the in the trailers and everything, but the basic plot is uh, LeBron James is trying to encourage his son to go to basketball camp and all that stuff. But his son is actually getting really good at designing video games, and he wants to go to the EA Game Designer Conference while LeBron's trying to push him to go to basketball camp. And the game he develops is, in fact, a basketball game, but it's like one of those crazy NBA Jam-style games. It's got crazy power-ups and arcade stuff, and you can win extra points for style and other things, right? You know, it's a think-outside-the-box type of game. Well, the villain, which is Don Cheadle, and he's awesome in this movie, by the way. He's really good. He uh, captures the kid because he's upset at LeBron. For reasons I won't get into, you can watch the movie to figure that out. It's kind of funny. And then the basketball game is actually the kid's video game. It's it's his rules, right? So like it's and the kid is playing on the opposite team. So it's LeBron taking on his son. He's trying to play your stand your standard basketball, but the kid is kicking his ass because it's his video game and his rules, right? And of course, he gets stuck with the Looney Tunes. They they actually work them in pretty well. They they make a, a bunch of references to the first one. Some of them are really funny. So like I'm not gonna give away some of the some of the direct references. Uh the cameos are ridiculous in this movie because they they do all of the they they utilize all of their properties. Like if they don't utilize direct characters from properties, they definitely <laughs> reference the worlds like Harry Potter and Game of Thrones and all that. The Matrix. Um, this isn't a spoiler because you can actually see it in the trailer, but where Don Cheadle is on the court, all the characters behind him are villains. So it's like Pennywise the Clown, Jim Carrey as the mask. I mean, you can go back and forth on whether or not he was a villain, but I'd say he was. The Arnold, Mr. Freeze, and then the uh, the new Joker. What's the actor who plays the new Joker? Help me out here. Which Joker? Jake and Phoenix. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I was blanking on the name. Thank you. Yeah, that uh, it's his it's his Joker. But then I think uh, there's another Joker entirely in there, like random minions with Joker stuff on them. And then there's uh, there's like the the evil, the evil flying monkeys from the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> there's so many, you know, stuff that out. Warner Brothers owns, stuff that Warner Brothers owns. But they've got there's so many tons of cartoon character cameos in the background. Flintstones, Jetsons, Hanna-Barbera stuff, the Mystery Machine, uh, the Animaniacs. There's uh, <laughs> King Kong and the Iron Giant. Well, you can't miss them because <laughs> you can just watch the trailer and see them. They fist bump at one point, which is pretty funny. But yeah, there's they, they utilize all the Looney Tunes. Um, they 
it's kind of fun how they transfer them from being tunes to being 3D and how everything works different in their worlds. They make some great references as they're passing by certain worlds. But my favorite part is that most of the uh, the tunes that they have to recruit, they've all fled Toon World. Bugs is the only one left. So they have to go find them in different universes. And every single one of them is a different reference with a different character. Some of them, they even use stock footage from other movies. And it's fucking brilliant when you see who pops up. Like, I can't even say what some of them are. So what I'll probably do is next week, I'm assuming you guys are probably both going to watch it. We can do a spoiler review on next week's show. And this way I can encourage everybody to go check it out. Now, if you didn't like the first one because of Michael Jackson's acting or that it was just silly and wacky and everything, if you're if you're a Space Jam hater, don't waste your time Hold because on. you're not going to like this one. But if you liked the, even if you did like the first one and even if you thought it was fun, I say watch this one. You might like it just as much. You might even like it better. And even if you don't like it as much as the first one, you're going to have a really good time. I don't remember Michael Jackson being in the first one. Did I say Jackson? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> that you are worse MJ. than the Michael Jordan. Yeah, okay, so that's a that's a great faux pas. So in in the Iron Sheik's infamous interview, where he was talking about how people like Hulk Hogan and B. Brian Blair, people he hates, are worse than Michael Jackson, and trying to call them a uh, trying to make fun of them for being gay or homo, whatever he wanted to, whatever his rant was about. Uh, I don't even know if he knows what his rant was about, but he actually makes that mistake. He says, what's the Michael Jordan? Oh, I mean, Michael Jackson. So <laughs> that was that was for you, Sheiky baby. I'm going to I'm going to just chalk that error up to to loving the Iron Sheik. Sure. Now, watch it. It's good. Don Cheadle's great in it. Um, so this isn't a spoiler, but one of the uh, I, I have to tell you who who does the commentary for the game that might actually convince people to watch this alone. So they get an actual uh, NBA Tonight guy on here, <clears throat> uh, Ernie Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, Dan, I know you you know who that was. I don't follow NBA, so. But the other announcer is Lil Rel Howerway, which was the only part of the movie Get Out that I liked. He was the TSA agent and he's fucking hysterical. Everything he does is fucking hysterical. His commentary is going to make you laugh. Guarantee it's going to make you laugh. It's a bold and strategy, Cotton, but we'll see how it works out for him. <laughs> yes, please. Please check this out. I think you guys I think you guys are genuinely going to like it. And, <clears throat> you know, it. yeah, there's far-fetched stuff like them actually getting sucked into a server and being digitized and everything. But you know what? Mike, Michael Jordan got friggin' pulled down a golf, a golf hole. <laughs> so, hey, that was amazing in 1996. <laughs> he said he's fixing a divot. <laughs> I rewatched that to uh to prepare for this uh, the night before. So, yeah, I. I like Space Jam. It's a guilty pleasure. It's goofy, but it's fun. So yeah, check check it out. It's it's pretty good. And they use Zendaya as the voice of Lola instead of Cass Susie, who actually recorded all of her dialogue according to the trivia, and then they replaced her in late production change. Don't know why. <clears throat> Genuinely don't. But I mean, so that's an interesting swap. I mean, she's good in it, though. Yeah. Her her recruitment is the best, too, because they're recruiting all these characters. And really quickly, LeBron is learning that, like, 
these guys are going to suck to play because he's got his list of, of Warner Brothers people he wants to recruit. And then Bugs is like, nah, we're going to get my friends. He's like, what the hell? <laughs> but then finally, it's like, we really need talent. And he's like, all right, well, I guess we'll get Lola. And her thing is really funny, too, because she's she's actually in the middle of doing something really big. And Bugs is it completely interrupting and ruining it. Which sounds about right to me. Sounds like yeah, a Bugs she MO. Plays Mary Jane and the current Spider-Man continuity. And I remember seeing some something where people were like, because they because, you know, you know, the the idiots who react to. Oh, well, Pepe Le Pew's being erased from our childhood because they made an announcement that they weren't going to use him in the movie. And people immediately made an assumption that that meant that that was why. And they're like, no, they decided not to use him. I don't see anybody saying anything about the fact that not only is Speedy Gonzalez in this movie, but he has dialogue and he didn't in the first Space Jam. In fact, in the first Space Jam, I don't even think they used him on the court at all. He's in this one. He's got the accent and everything. The friggin' granny's hysterical, by the way. Her her roles are hysterical. Especially where she turns up in the other worlds. And what she's doing. Oh, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's it's funny. And they're the absolute best reference that they make in the entire movie is in fact a big reference to needing needing the help of Michael Jordan. I'll say nothing more than that. That is what that that is the part of the movie I belly laughed out the out loud the hardest at is when they start realizing they're going to need help from somebody with experience. And and when that part happened, I li- that was the hardest I laughed during the movie. So please please check this out. Okay. Next week, let's do it. Let's do an actual review. Let's do an actual Space Jam review. But uh, let me quickly review the first Space Jam movie, which I'm sure everybody's seen. Because when I rewatched it, I think I was even messaging I, messaging either both of you or maybe just Dan. But I was like, I forgot how funny the live action parts of this movie are. All the funny stuff in the movie happened with the live action stuff, like the. Uh, the housekeeper pulling the bulldog off of Michael Jordan. And she's like, get off of him before I cook you. <laughs> the Bill Murray lines are great. Do not point that camera at me. He does the friggin' stripes line. It is alive. We need, you're going to need new new talent. Where are you going to get him from? You're going to get some white guys. It's not. It's because I'm white, isn't it? Nah, yeah. Larry's white. Larry's not white. Larry's clear. <laughs> uh, or when they're when they're doing the uh they're testing the nba players and they got patrick ewing he's like are there any other areas other than basketball you find yourself unable to perform there's this are girl five foot nothing blocked my shot <laughs> are you trying to say i don't love my mama no mugsy you said that i'm trying to disrespect my mama i'll never go out with madonna again they got the yeah for a kids movie they got some really good friggin' content. Also the slapstick of they're looking at the doctor looking at their charts and all the tall guys hit their head on the crossbeam, but not Muggsy. But not Muggsy because he's Muggsy. shorter than their doctor. <laughs> oh yeah. And then like, <laughs> I also love the fact that. When the movie came out, like, a week before it premiered in theaters, Sean Bradley got traded to the Nets. 
So he's a 76er in the movie, but when the movie came out, he's not. Well, it was a weird spot. Dude, and yeah. the, the behind the scenes of that movie is more interested in the movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Jordan had come back the actually the year before. He came back late in the season and he was not in shape. And so he's making this movie while trying to get in shape. And every top NBA player decides to come with him at the movie. He, part of his rider for the movie is he has state-of-the-art workout and basketball facility right next to where they were. And yep. all these top NBA players came to play with him during his downtime so he could get back in basketball shape and learn all their secrets so he could beat them as he did the next season as the team went 72-10 and 10 and won the world title. <laughs> yep. There you have it. But everyone with, 45. Michael with open Jordan. arms went to work out with him. <laughs> I, I still say Michael Jordan was the greatest basketball player of my generation. I mean, he's like, I mean, he's top five all time, right? Yeah. Like he's, he's in that conversation. Easy. Easy. If he's not number one, he's in the top five and maybe probably top three, actually. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, like. He's, uh, he was so good and he was so he was so memorable and everything. And OK, like, yeah, his acting isn't great. Like, that's one thing I will say. LeBron's acting is better, but it's still not great. But it, at least he emotes a little bit better. Yeah, but there were times in the first movie where you're like, well, he really nailed that scene. Yeah. And you realize, like, he was doing it with the Looney Tunes, which meant he was on a green screen with, like, nobody. freaking tennis ball to work against that's why roger <laughs> rabbit was such an achievement because they were acting with nothing when we were well that's where you get bob hoskins and christopher lloyd as you're starring two people yeah when we were 10 years old we didn't care about the fucking acting we were just like happy that it's michael jordan and, and bugs, bugs bunny. bunny in a in the same yeah. movie together they're like mixed worlds that's fucking unreal that's what we were psyched about. By the way, um, for for you guys, when you watch Space Jam A New Legacy, see if you can find my personal favorite cameo in the entire movie. It's a, it's a direct one, too, because it's not a crowd scene. It's an actual full-blown cameo with, with lines and everything. Message me when you're watching it after you listen to this and see if you can figure out what my favorite cameo was. I already told you guys off the air what it was. I'm not going to say it on the air until we actually review it's it. It's when they're torturing Gonzo and then Hulk Hogan shows up and he thinks he's saved. And he's like, I'm a bad guy now, brother. I hate Muppets from Space with a fucking passion. Because I the love the Muppets scene. and I hated that movie. But that was the best <laughs> scene in the movie. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> God damn it. Sorry, dude, I'm a bad guy now. <laughs> That's right, dudes. I'm a bad guy. God, I hate Hulk Hogan in movies. <laughs> dude i wanted to i wanted to do something like this just because i thought it would be fucking hysterical but i was gonna do a chris ranks the universe about hulk hogan's all of his main acting roles from worst to best you want to know how crazy hulk hogan is his <laughs> recollection so at wrestlemania 9 he had a fucked up eye and he doesn't he misremembers what happened and the story he tells about what happened to his eye is directly the opening of the WCW episode of Baywatch. 
Well, Hulk Hogan has a tendency of misremembering things anyway. Eric, I got a Hulk Hogan story for you. You probably haven't heard this one. It's fucking great. So. It's not Vince McMahon, but I'll listen. Have you heard of the George Foreman grill? What is this grill you speak of? I have never cooked a burger on it. Oh, yeah. Never. You make bacon on it in the morning and then you accidentally stepped on it one day. (laughs) Did you know that Hulk Hogan was supposed to be the original spokesperson for it, not George Foreman? You know, I actually did know this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. According to Hulk Hogan, they called him and he wasn't home. So they just called George Foreman instead. Yeah, sure. If you want Hulk Hogan, you would call more than once. You would leave a voicemail. You would <laughs> leave a voicemail. You would call again. Listen, yeah. we got to move this product right now. Right now. Yeah. Yes. And then he came out with his own grill. It was like the George Foreman grill, but it was so much better because it could also make waffles. It could also- Which one of those grills have you heard of? Uh, the funny thing is the only difference between a, the George Foreman grill and a waffle maker is the fact that there's ends to the grooves. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, really pretty the much. difference of, yeah. The grooves end in a waffle maker <laughs> because you don't want the waffle mix to go under the floor. Or in tank guys, I have some uh, I have some breaking news. It's kind of sad news. And we we're just talking about music. Oh, God. Biz Markey passed away. I just saw this as we're recording this. Biz Markey, the rapper behind, you say he's just a friend. What? How? How did he die? Yeah. Oh. Ten bucks says heart attack because he was big old fat, fat, fatty, just like me. And he was 57. Uh, his wife was by his side. Passed away gracefully. <laughs> oh, that tells me that he had a long time thing. Yeah. Uh, diabetes complications and a stroke while in a diabetic coma back in April of 2020. So he hasn't been good for a while. Oh, that is sad. I love that Just a Friend song. It's so cheesy. It might be what that's one of those things where, like, if you're going to do, like, the best worst songs of all time, that song has to be on the list every time. Yeah, but that song's on purpose, though. That's the thing. That's why. But that. Yes, exactly. So much fun. Well, he was a great beatboxer and he could uh, rap backwards. Yes, he could. He what? Although so could John Cena. So just saying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, sad, sad Because he, he shows it off in Men in Black 2, where when Jay shows up to the uh, post office that Kay is working at now in his retirement, and everyone is everyone that works at the post office is revealed to be an alien, he does his little backwards rap as, like, him talking his native language. And uh, th- dude, that takes like legitimate talent, though, to do something like that backwards. It's crazy. Freaking crazy. Ugh. All right. So we talked about. 
That's another thing. The Space Jam, the new Space Jam uh, soundtrack. It's not it's not like it's got a banger like the first one, but it's still pretty, pretty the good. The first one had like three bangers, dude. <laughs> yeah. One had the actual Space Jam theme, the Monstar song. Like those, those definitely come to mind. Yeah, and then, and then they, I, I believe I can fly, it. man. Yeah, I believe I can fly. That's the that's the one song that I remember from Space Jam. You don't remember the Quad that, City but that DJs? wasn't ex- but that wasn't exclusive to Space Jam, was it? I think that no. it started on in Space Jam, right? Or I mean, I'm, that's sure, what, I'm sure he put it on his own album. Of course he did. I'm sure he did. But the, the two that I was referencing were made. I know those Everybody were made specifically. Up and down to slam now. We got a real jam going. Here, I'll say this. I'll say this. If I have a genuine complaint about the first Space Jam movie, that intro is way too fucking long. It's like a three minute, three to four minute credit sequence. And that's just too long. <laughs> you know what else? The show's really long is the intro to. Uh, uh, um, Breakfast Club, because it's the whole song. Yeah. <laughs> they play yeah. the entire song. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you can clip some of it, right? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Here, well, the thing is, like, like if I'm watching a Bond movie, I expect the full song to be in there, because it always is. Or that's, I, uh, that's if, 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 if all of us have watched um, Black Widow, but they play a whole song, but they're telling a story in on the opening credits as well. So. Yes, that that is true. That is true. Uh, have we all seen Black Widow? Uh, no. OK. Um, I'll give I'll give a let's give a quick non-spoiler review, Dan, of okay. Black Widow. Because uh doesn't stinks. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's um, it's middle ground in the MCU. Uh, Dan would probably put it in his upper half. I'd probably put it in my lower half. But we're both pretty agreed that it's it's middle ground stuff. Uh, I have heard people say that they're not a fan of they they don't really want to watch it because they they know it's not going to do anything new because it does take place after Civil War before Infinity War. And, and I, I can would understand- say you are wrong. Yeah, you still should still watch it. It's really good. It really fleshes out. Her backstory, you finally get to see how she is, what why she is. Um, and if nothing else, her sister is might be one of the best MCU characters of all time. Like and when I it comes to the knock, she's gonna be the Black Widow for the next section of movies. Yes. There's only the one post-credit scene, but it absolutely sets up what's happening next. But yeah, no, I, I recommend watching it. It's good, it's got good action in it, it's funny. Like, yeah, like just they all anything are. Anything Florence Pugh and uh, and uh, David Harbour does is just fucking great. Yeah, David Harbour is great in it. So, so great. He's great in it. He's he's hysterical. In fact, I saw one of my friends is going to actually cosplay as uh, I think he's going to do Guardian, but he's going to wear a sheriff's hat. <laughs> That's awesome, right? <laughs> the chef. Shout out to PJ if you're listening to this. I I saw I saw him say he was going to do something like that on Facebook. I'm like, that's awesome. I'm 100 percent down with that. Who cares about your time is the crimson crimson dynamo? <laughs> it's, it's, it's red it's, guardian. Was red guardian? Yeah, yeah. It's it's good. Um, there's an existential part that we're trying to figure out when something happened. 
Uh, we haven't figured that out yet, and I don't know if we're going to. But if you when you see the movie, you'll you'll probably it's a real mindfuck. If you think it actually is, yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's good. Um, my my general complaints are that it doesn't do anything unexpected or different from what you've already seen, right? So you're just watching another MCU movie. Um, and then the only other real complaint that I had is there's a trope that they utilize that I kind of wish they didn't, which is uh, the location of what they're looking for and what the location actually is. And they've done that, I think, just too many times now. And I kind of rolled my eyes at it. I'm like, really? We're doing this again? You'll know when you see it. Uh, but oh, yeah. oh, there's a really good tentpole scene in the middle of the movie. Yes. Like, so that's what this movie, <clears throat> if you're going to break it down to one scene, that's the scene. Are you talking about the prison? Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, no, that was my favorite part of the movie, by yeah. far. By far. This would be a good way to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but I liked it. I, I recommend it. <clears throat> um, I'm still missing one MCU movie, but... Oh, really? Yep. I still have not seen Black Panther. That's the one I've been missing this whole time. Well, get on it. I will. I feel it's like there it. on the D plus, bro. I know where it is. <laughs> I don't I don't need directions on how to get there. I need an arrival time as to when I'm going to get there. I don't have that right now. <clears throat> tomorrow. I'll get morning. there. Uh, no, I have plans tomorrow. I'm not going to be watching a movie tomorrow. Well, it sounds like your plans are messed up. <laughs> well, sounds like your plans are changing. No, they do not. God damn it, no. Uh, yeah, recommend it. Um, Now, this episode is airing on Sunday. So we are going to spoil Loki. This is going... So my rule with... uh, I like what... Uh, what Chris talks about and said talks about spoilers. Um, my general rule with spoilers with anything is two weeks for a movie, two days for a TV show. I feel like that's enough time to get somebody to watch something. Maybe even three days to be fair when it's a longer TV show, especially with Loki airing on Wednesdays. Maybe you didn't get a chance to watch it till the weekend. Well, you're listening to this on a Sunday and if you were that dedicated to the show that you wanted to see it, then you would have already seen it within that time frame. Because even with Plus my you can turn the podcast off, you can turn the podcast off. Exactly. And go watch it. And that's I think that's a rule, though, a good rule for spoilers, though, is to because I remember how annoyed I was after like the first opening weekend of Attack of the Clones. And they started putting Yoda with the lightsaber into the commercials like that Monday, and I was like, why are they doing that? That was the best part of the movie is when you see him pull out a lightsaber. Everybody cheered because it was opening day. Nobody knew that was going to happen. It wasn't in a trailer. Everybody went apeshit for that, and then you blow it by putting it in the friggin' commercial. And it was stupid, too. They're like, who demand? Yo demand. Shut up. Give it two weeks, and then you can start really going for, for spoily type stuff. I mean, I and I do admit that, like, I understand, yes, if you want to avoid spoilers, you should just turn everything off. 
I, I agree with that mindset because people are scummy and doing it. But my other thing is stop being scummy and doing that. <laughs> so like. Because like I, I could I literally woke up Wednesday morning and almost stumbled onto a spoiler immediately from somebody who got to watch it at midnight. Well, I don't have that luxury. I have to go to bed and get up at a certain time. I can't just watch it when it drops at midnight. But I think that's a really interesting topic of discussion, the spoiler alert debate, right? Because honestly, I think both sides are correct. I mean, people are excited and they want to discuss shared experiences and and stuff. So I yes. get that. But at the same time, if you were if you were in their shoes and somebody spoiled it for you, how would you feel? And if the answer is you don't mind anybody spoiling anything for you ever, okay then you know what? Then you keep doing you because you clearly don't care. But if you do mind under any capacity, then don't do it. Challenge I've me. Never, I've never real, realistically yelled at someone for spoilers. It's always been a fucking joke, especially earlier in this podcast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> but that's an, And that's one more thing I do want to touch on real quick because <laughs> It, it might have been funny the first time somebody did it, but it's just not funny anymore is when you see the dumb fake spoilers. Oh, I can't believe that Harry Potter appeared in the last episode of Loki. That's not even like, no, that's not even remotely funny. That's you thinking you're funny when you're not. I've never once seen a fake spoiler that made me laugh. But you know what? Some people think they're really funny when they're not. You should just be like me and admit you're never funny, ever. It's just but you're fucking it. hilarious. I am not. Nothing I say is funny. Eric, you want to hear a funny word? <laughs> you son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I will finally tell that story on, the, on a patron episode. We'll put that one behind a paywall because that story might actually get us in trouble. That, yeah, that story is... Definitely going to get us in trouble. But it's a funny story, and I just did it to make you laugh. And you know what? It worked. Oh, yeah. I feel like... <laughs> you laughed really hard. The shit that we did to each other just to make each other laugh... Was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, Because we, we, you have to. We in that working environment, like we had to. Ten times over. <laughs> I don't know how... And then I became a trainer, and you became a coordinator. How did that happen? Uh, you know, how did they, the how did these things happen? <laughs> no, there's no lock yet. There's ah, gotta love the line. Find the line. All right, there you go, guys. We just give you plenty of time to turn off the podcast and go watch Loki. All right, uh, Dan, you are our most resident comic book expert. Even though Eric is pretty close, I still think you might be the king here. Please take us through. What happens on Loki and what this is leading into? So they, we the previous episode ended with um, them heading in. They together they the lathe and they got the way to whoever is behind everything. So they get to this creepy little mansion place. Mister Minutes is there. They get through everything and they meet the guy. And they go through a whole thing. He gives the whole speech. They're like, we're going to kill you. We're going to kill you. Everything happens. But he reached a point where he doesn't know what's going to happen anymore. He doesn't know the future anymore. <laughs> so the story is 
And the 30th and the 31st, well, I think it's 33, so the 34th century, he realizes there's a multiverse. Meanwhile, all the other multiverse versions of him realize about the multiverse. They come up with ways to meet the other multiverses. They come together. They're all chummy. And then a few of them become jerks, and they start a war between the other universes. And the original guy hides away until they all killed each other, and he starts a TVA to have one main timeline to prevent it from happening again. This man is Kang the Conqueror. Yep. They don't outright tell you in this, but if you do your MCU homework and look at the IMDb for who is in Quantum Mania, the same guy is playing outright King the Conqueror. So you, you already know that that's who it's going to be. So in the end, Loki has changed his mind. He doesn't want to kill the guy, but Sylvie's still going to kill the guy. So she they fight, sends him, sends Loki back to the TVA and she kills him. And he goes to warn Mobius about it. And he's like, who are you? Are you some kind of analyst? Doesn't know who Loki is. And he looks and he sees that the to all, all the big uh, statues that used to be of the masked timekeepers are just straight up gang. And you're like, oh, you're just son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so this is setting up the multiverse stuff, which will get hit upon more hard in Multiverse of Madness, but that's like six <laughs> movies and shows away. I know. <laughs> and you found the meme, right? Where it's like uh, the kid on the stairs where he's going for the fifth step. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, I haven't seen that meme. Oh, yeah. You have it, it, the meme is uh, it's it's a kid and there's a bunch of stairs and he's like stretching his leg out ridiculously to get to like the fifth step. And then people will insert like text on the stairs of all the shit he's skipping to get to the part he wants to be at. And it's like. Yeah, in this meme, it's uh, the fifth step is multiverse of madness, and it's all the shit that's happening before that that he's just skipping. <laughs> and just like, yeah, no, that's how I feel. We still have Eternals and Shang-Chi and Spider-Man 3 and What If and the Hawkeye series before we even get to multiverse of madness. Good. Well, uh, what, what's it called? Um, Spider-Man 3 is going to be multiverse stuff too it's going to tie into that so so yeah so what they're doing is they're they're this is what they're doing they're going for that um they're gonna multiverses are gonna converge and we're gonna see some i like we're gonna see some cool shit in the last couple for you know a piece here or there like in the mcu about piece here or there about an infinity stone a piece here or there about thanos and his people and then it comes together for the last two movies, and it's going to be someone from another universe is going to show up for real. 
And we might even see people who left the MCU come back for a bit part, maybe. Oh, shit. They're talking about, yeah, they're talking about that, too, because it, it opens up all those doors to possibility. Instead of Chris coming back as Cap, he's going to be coming back as Johnny Storm. No! <laughs> you know, it's, it seriously could happen. I mean, I mean it could, also, yeah. Another thing about what if, it's what if could actually be canon for this multiverse, though. It could. Because it's like, there's an alternate universe where they just say, F it, Peggy gets to be the captain, gets to be Captain America, and it's going to be Peggy Carter. And we're just going to see Peggy Carter with the shield. I'm going to love it. I love that they're also using all the actors for a... Oh, man. But they just gave it to Sam. Don't take it from Sam. (laughs) They're not go. I mean, there's I going to be. Around, she's like, yeah. she's going to be the. She's going to be the quote unquote Captain America from another universe. So there's going to be Sam with the with our shield, and then she's going to be from a different universe. And she's I mean, in one, it's in one, it's probably Bucky. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's, you know, there's a chance, and there's just like, well, Steve Rogers actually becomes Iron Man in this other one, and Iron Man and and Tony Stark actually became Captain America in the other one. So they've this is actually um this is actually a theoretical thing that's in science that is legitimate that in the event that the universe actually is infinite that means that every possibility is possible and somewhere out there in a distant galaxy is an exact duplicate of our planet with one very very small difference and in it the three of us are women the the the, the, the end theory is every decision ever made makes it happens i knew so yes if it's a binary decision two two universes are created from that decision yep and of course the more complex the decision as very well actually uh shown about in an episode of community where they roll a dice to see who has to go to the door and get the pizza that's yep. a good episode of community i miss that fucking show and it goes through all of the different roles and what happens. I'm going to have to restart that. I only ever watched the first season and then stuff happened and I never got back into it. And now it's been so long I've forgotten stuff. So I'm going to have to just restart that. Same thing with uh, Star Wars Rebels. <clears throat> I watched the first five episodes and then life got in the way. And it, it was so long that I just decided to restart it. Now I'm on like the 10th or 11th episode. I just restarted it last week. Rebels is a bit difficult. In the first season, because it's... But it gets better, just like Clone Wars. It's all all new characters you have to get to know through an entire first season. But yeah. the last episode, they're like, by the way, here's everybody. <laughs> like, okay. you've been waiting for. Here's everybody you've been waiting for. <laughs> like, yeah, good. <laughs> now, I, I mean, I'm I'm enjoying it. And, and if you're saying it's going to get better, and I'm already kind of enjoying it, so I've... I'm 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 into it. You just learn like- about everything about these characters, and then last episode, it's just like yeah. Last episode, like Bail Organa shows up and stuff, and you're like, oh, there's more going on than just this one ship of six people and a weird robot. Yeah. Well, there is a a chopper's awesome. Chopper Chopper is even more of a sarcastic asshole than R2 was, and that's sad. It's because he's actually broken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so R2's just a dick. 
That's why I love R2 so much. <laughs> well, R2 is the one that he never, he actually remembers everything that's happened. Right? They yeah, always, they, 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 they wiped they, 3PO's mind, but R2 knows but, everything. But R2 hasn't been wiped. R2 knows everything. He knows all. But he ain't no snitch. <laughs> no, he's not a snitch. That's why R2 is the man. Uh, what are your opinions on BB-8? Uh, I mean, he's all right. He's just kind of like doesn't have a fully developed personality, in my opinion. He's cool. He's cute. He does the thumbs up with the with the fire, but he's there to make for, to sell toys. Yeah, yeah, basically. He's yeah, he's a cool character, and I, I like I like seeing him, and I think he's adorable. But he doesn't really do much. The thumbs up, fucking awesome. The thumbs and then, up, was- and then also like him keeping up with the humans. While they're running, awesome oh, yeah. as well. <laughs> uh, the, the thumbs up. I remember the thumbs up. I popped huge for that in the theater. Yeah, the whole theater popped for that. Right, please. <laughs> <laughs> then he actually helps him out, and he gives the little the little thumbs up. Yeah, we all we all popped for that. You know what I miss? I miss the 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 hype, the anticipation. Like twenty nineteen ruined me because I was hyped for the end of Game of Thrones. For Big Bang Theory, one of those ended way better than the other. We got Endgame. We got Rise of Skywalker, right? Like all that hype. Like it was an experience. You're you're in watching the trailer. Like, do you remember how you guys felt the first time you saw the the trailer for Infinity War? And you're like, oh, my God, this is going to be the, the best thing ever. And they lied by having the Hulk in it the entire time. Yup. Because isn't Hulk is only in the the ship at the very beginning, and then that's it, right? There's no more Hulk. Because I think it was like one of those last minute decisions where they did it like both. Yeah, they, they you could you could have Hulk, but then you didn't have Hulk. Um, they decided. There's actually a scene that gets cut, which is very important, of them working it out during the final battle of Hulk and Banner working it out. Their differences. Yeah, and it's how we get the evolution of him in the next movie, but it got yep. cut. But it got cut. Trigger, there's look a, it up on YouTube. There's a couple of things I distinctly remember reading because I was reading I was reading an article about Avengers. Uh, I think in anticipation for Black Widow, like it's one of those things I was reading about stuff after I'd watched it, and then you start finding other articles, and it was like the best characters in Endgame and the worst characters in Endgame, and. It was all it was all a thing. And like Professor Hulk constantly came up They're Like everybody appreciated the nod to the comic, but everybody hated how it was done because it's just like, oh, yeah, he's Professor Hulk now. <laughs> like you could have made that a whole thing. It was just that time skip. <laughs> well, they did a lot of time skipping in that movie. Hey, spoilers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, please. I can't spoil Endgame. You know, one thing that actually did bother me, though. OK, so I I was pretty much pretty much knew that the dusted characters were going to get revitalized. But I hated that uh, Spider-Man Far From Home when it was announced was they made it clear that that was going to take place after Endgame. And I was like, OK, so he's coming back. I'm like, I'm like, I understand that there was a, a good chance that was going to happen. But I, it always bothered me that they just went along and did that. Like, you can't just wait. You can't just say it's a new Spider-Man movie. We're not going to say where it takes place or lie. 
You say it takes place. It's related to the events of Infinity War without actually saying what it is. I don't know. I'm sure it's just a, I'm sure it's just a marketing decision, but I was just I was just kind of rolled my eyes at that. Oh, it's a new Spider-Man movie. It takes place right after, and it's all about him dealing with Tony Stark being dead. Well, that's the thing. When they actually released the trailer, they made sure to release it after Endgame, and the opening part of the trailer is Tom Holland going, if you haven't seen Endgame, don't watch this, because the very first thing in the trailer is, I can't believe he's gone, and he's looking at a mural of Iron Man. (laughs) I mean... Gotta love it. (sighs) <sighs> that you know what one of my favorite parts about that movie was um when they announce Edith and then they told you what Edith uh Edith actually stands for. I'm like, God damn, that is the most Tony Stark thing ever. When they were like, even dead, I'm the hero. I was like, what the fuck? That's fucking perfect. That's Tony Stark. <laughs> Oh, ooh, idea about new stuff with the multiverse is that Tony stumbled on the multiverse stuff while he was figuring out the time travel stuff and that he's going to have something for for the Avengers when the time comes. It's going to be like something goes off in like their headquarters or something. Oh, by the way, <laughs> you know what I would like I stumbled to across something while doing this? Not even that. I... What I would love to see, and 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 he, if it comes true, so help me. What I would love to see is they bring him back as Tony Stark, but not Iron Man, and he's just there with his family. Oh, he was never Iron Man in that reality. Ooh, it actually Ooh. was a bodyguard that went into the suit and fought the Iron Monger. No, you know what I hope they do? I hope they bring back the first roadie and he finally gets to be in the suit. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be fun? I'd I'd pop for that. That's actually that's actually hilarious. Oh, that would be amazing. They do any other cast changes we should be aware of? Is Edward Norton going to show up at some point? No, maybe. I mean, he could be another Hulk. I love that they're going to have the multiple Spider-Mans in it, though, and they're going to bring in Alfred Molina. Like that, that genuinely makes me happy. Mm-hmm. We'll get some some future movie stuff as we're, we're starting to get close to the end of this episode here. So does anybody have anything else that they've uh, watched recently? Dan? Yes, we have to talk about it because we didn't talk about it last week. Well, we had a really long episode last week, so... <laughs> Is why I'm continuing Dragon Ball, and now I'm through season four. So have you reached the... Are you at the end of Red Ribbon Saga now? Uh, we are in some other country that no one knows where they are. Actually, they're leaving it now. Uh, but we still got Blue still on his tail. Okay. So you're on the General Blue saga. I, I wanted to know exactly where you were. We did General Blue. We're in General Blue. We just finished General Blue. Although General Blue is still around. <clears throat> yeah, they go to that other weird country because they like have the fight in the helicopter versus the Nimbus. Oh, yeah. And they get shot down and they land in some country no one knows anything about. 
So you have not met Mercenary Tao yet. Do not, do not. I believe he comes after Blue. So Blue is still around, so. Yeah. So you would have seen, let's see, season three, Red Ribbon. Uh, and then season, uh, season three ends with them in the one city they're almost from. And she breaks up with Yamcha and they have the, yes. the fight in the. Uh, but my love is the guys like eh, the amusement park in the sky. And I'm like, they died and they're in heaven. <laughs> oh, you've but, met the uh, you've met the Ariel character, Arlay character then. Yes. The, the crossover was... from Toriyama's other show, uh, Dr. Slug. I believe it's oh, called. Really? Oh, yeah. She, she has another crossover in Super. It's a weird filler episode. I don't really know anything about about uh, that show because I've never watched it. But I can tell you a little bit about that show. the The whole premise is like it's a robot that's it, it's the strongest creation ever. And she is, whole, or yeah, there yeah. is a robot. No, she is. Because yeah, it was a weird thing because the family is really weird because there's like a baby that can fly. And they have two weird blue haired things that fly around, too. And she can run faster than anybody ever and jump higher. And she beats the fuck out of blue by just jumping on him. Oh, <laughs> jumping a, at him. It's a premise like it it never goes away. So that the whole thing with her is that like she's the strongest being ever. And, and it carries over to Super, which is hilarious because the only person that like probably could have beaten her at the time doesn't even fight her like it, it okay so how much of super do you know dan zero percent zero it comes after dragon ball z okay well let's just say that i'm going to assume that you've heard or seen like a super saiyan god like super saiyan blue or whatever Have you seen Goku with blue hair? I mean, you gotta have blue hair. <laughs> okay. The, the whole thing Goku is they're not. so ridiculously strong in this in this whole um, uh, saga, right? That they should not be able to lose. However, through comedy events, they can't seem to beat this particular person. And then there's one particular person who has the power to literally eliminate anything just because he can. And he's like up against her, but he has a stomach ache and has to go away. Pretty accurate description, actually. I have a stomach ache. Hey, Tommy hurts. Okay. I don't have a red cream. <laughs> I ate it. Yep, Commander Red Saga is the, the next actual saga that you are going to watch. Episode 58 through 68. Oh, it's only a it's only a 10 episode saga. I don't know if that's how I have it sorted on the Plex machine, but that should be correct. Okay, yeah, so so I've 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 seen what you've seen before. So you've met um You've met one of the androids, Android 8, that looks like the Frankenstein monster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was an interesting part as he went through the tower. That was cool. That was a good section. No, that was really cool. That was that was General White. I'm trying to remember the other colors that you meet. Silver. 
Silver. That's the first one. Right? It's been silver, white, and then he's now dealing with blue. With blue, yeah. Blue, who whooped a lot of ass in the cave, the pirate cave. Blue, who is flaming. I don't know if they explore that too much in the in the Funimation dub or not, but Blue is 100% gay. Or he's supposed to be, at least in the Japanese version. But I don't know if they ever I don't I don't so remember. Up, up next, it's late. So it's labeled in this weird thing because Plex likes to uh, auto fill stuff. And when it comes to some things, it does it all wrong. Yes, because season four is labeled as the 22nd Tenkaichi Budokai. And that did not happen. And it is not. And, and season is five not. is listed as King Piccolo Saga, which I don't think that's correct. King Piccolo yet. is season eight. Yeah, so King Piccolo is season eight. Yeah, so I have it sorted how it was actually sorted on the wiki page. So you have Just, it. I mean, you have it listed correctly, but like I said, Plex is weird about some things. And when it well, comes to uh, uh, the anime, it's really weird. And so it, Plex doesn't do anime well at all. Like well, some of them, it gets right. It got Cowboy Bebop right because there's only 26 episodes. Yeah, but it messes up a lot, especially when the translations are completely different. That's another thing. Cowboy Bebop's Japanese episode titles are the same as the American ones. Dragon Ball doesn't do that for this version. So that's Dragon why Ball a lot of stuff is, is very weird. There's like four different titles for episodes. Yeah, the one that the one <laughs> that got me was Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, I watched an episode called The Death of Genkai and I was like, oh, son of a bitch. And. Then Genkai doesn't die. And then she doesn't die for like 15 more episodes. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is screwed up. So I knew it was coming. I just didn't know when it was coming. <laughs> so every time she's fighting in the tournament, I'm like, I guess this is it. She's going to die. And then she, I'm like, oh, I guess she survived. I don't even know anymore. I mean, they could have just they. Game of Thrones that shit and just never tell you. <laughs> Uh, they could have, yeah. but they didn't. They didn't. That was like the, the thing, right? Like before I watched Game of Thrones, I knew about the Red Wedding, but I didn't know when it was coming. Oh, I just knew even, it was a thing. It wasn't even the Red Wedding that did it in for me. It was like, f- fuck, man. It was like Ned. Well, I so I didn't know. I, I know that the common joke is Sean Bean always dies, even though somebody did the research and found out he really doesn't. <laughs> But he dies in all the stuff I've seen him in. So as soon as I, I saw watched that, him die earlier today, yes, you did. <laughs> Where were you? Yeah, watching? so it's just like <laughs> fellowship. Oh, right, right. Okay. He was pierced by many arrows. That's two weeks from now. We are going to do our special live episode. And we're going to do a patron special reviewing Lord of the Rings. Hey, you boys, going to get those watched? <laughs> I already watched one. So, so have I. And the the other one will be this week. And then probably next weekend will be the last one. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I was <laughs> freaking laughing my ass off at this. So it's like, OK, well, there is Sean Bean and he's playing Ned Stark. And I'm thinking about Lord of the Rings and I'm thinking about Goldeneye. And I'm like, I bet you he's going to die. What I didn't know was he didn't how die fast to the, he, 
to the end of the first season, right? Yeah, but I didn't realize. I'm like, shit, this is the first season and he's already dead. Son of a bitch. No, dude, like, I, that was, like, the first thing I knew about that stuff. And it was, like, when it was starting, I was like, that's this whole story is that the king gets killed. And then it's all about who's going to be the new king. <laughs> right. That's the central story. Now, and, uh... Still has an ending that I'm not a fan of, but that's because they got ahead of the manga and they had to make shit up. (laughs) That's the thing. They got ahead of the books. They had to make stuff up. And then they also rushed it because they were supposed to make a Star Wars movie. And then that never happened. So and then because they messed it up so bad, they got fired from Star Wars. (laughs) Yep, basically. So there you go. That's next time. Next time, just do your damn job. (laughs) Don't fuck up. Don't fuck Just up. Don't. Just don't. So yeah, no. Nah, um, we covered a lot of stuff on this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, real quick, a couple of plugs I want to get in here. Uh, ch- do check out the CKCC Radio website so you can access all of the past episodes. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcast. We have some great partner shows, including the Blake and Sal show and the United We Fan podcast. We have another partner show, hopefully coming soon. Uh, Mr. Anthony Blackwell Jr., who is part of the Northeast Pennsylvania wrestling scene here. He does a lot of great stuff here. He's got his own podcast network, the IWEP Network. You guys can check that out. IWEP Network. It's got a ton of great shows, including interviews with everyday people, the Tornado Tag podcast and the Bangin' Beers podcast. Uh, They've had other shows, but he was kind of like me. He had his hand in too many gloves and he had to kind of pull some stuff back to focus on things, which is why I haven't done like a million other shows and why there hasn't been a new Park Hopper and why Chris Ranks the Universe is kind of a do it when I can thing kind of like that's what one of the things that decker told me he goes this is going to be a do it when i can thing and i said that's that's fine i have no problem with that you know i i want to make sure we get at least nerd table out weekly all the other stuff is secondary even if i have to put off simpsons or stupid sexy which is the same thing or pokecast you know sometimes it has to be done but like you know this this show is is the flagship show of the network so we're going to focus on it but but yeah, now check all that stuff out. Give them give them a like there. Anthony's a really good dude, and he's actually started doing some commentary on independent wrestling shows. It's been a lot of fun to to hear him sort of achieve his dream in that way. It's the, the next evolution here. And I want to give a shout out to a friend of ours, a friend of mine and Dan's, Mr. Tom Dickinson, who's got his own YouTube channel where he does cooking videos. Tom is a professional chef. He actually teaches cooking in school. And I want to give him a shout out real quick and get you guys to check out his channel here. Tom, give me a one second here. Yep. Uh, Chef Tom Dickinson is uh, I'm, I'm trying to find the actual name of his channel so I can properly link it here. When I looked him up, I found uh, a guy, a guy promoting him, but it's not his channel. Yeah. He, uh, Tom has autism. So his big mission is to remind everybody that you can still be amazing with autism and do great things. And Tom is really cool. Here it is. I got it. Watch me cook is actual name of the channel. 
the video started playing as soon as I hit that. So peep, if if you're listening to my audio copy of this episode, you heard it. If you're listening to Eric's, you didn't. But yeah, uh, check out check out Watch Me Cook on the uh, the YouTube machine. Give him give him a like there. Give him some support. Tom's a really good guy and he does a really good job with his stuff. And I know he listens to the show. So, Tom, there's your there's your plug, my friend. He recently doubled down on it and upgraded all of his equipment. So, oh, yeah, he did. He he went full into it, too. He got and, new lighting and new cameras and new everything. And I had to give him a uh, I had to give him a kind of a pick me up, too, because he went through the same thing I went through. He's not seeing his numbers very high right now. And that was kind of bumming him out. And I was like, you know, I, I never see my numbers get too high. I mean, when I saw t- 10,000 for CKCC radio, I almost crapped myself. But look at how much grinding it took for us to get there, right? I mean, Dan knows Dan's been doing this with me since 2013. You just got to push for it. And you know what? If you got 75 subscribers, those are your 75 people. Do it for them. Do it for them. And I want to encourage everybody. This is how I'm going to end end my portion of the show this week. Uh, everybody out there who's a content creator, do it because you love it. And if anybody's watching, do it for them. Anybody's listening, do it for them. All you guys listening to this, sure, I would love to have millions of listeners. And maybe sometimes I only see a couple hundred hits on the episode. But that couple hundred people, you guys are my people. You're our people. I do this for you guys because you support us. And I do it because I genuinely enjoy doing it. And I think every content creator needs that inspiration. So we will see you guys next week for a new Nerd Table. And then the week after our 50th episode, we're going to do live. P- probably we're probably going to be like a Friday or a Saturday evening recording, because that's when we can probably get the most people watching. But when we have an actual we will figure out an actual date and time for next week's episode so we can actually promote it. And for the patrons, you guys get to hear a detailed full on review of Lord of the Rings or patron special just for you guys. Love those movies, by the way. Anything else before we wrap up, boys? Well, who's up for a nap? <laughs> who's up for a snack? A that snack would be nap? Snack then nap. Oh, bro, we're, we're we're recording late enough this week that it's just going to bed at this point. Yeah, we're actually recording this this episode in the evening. So, <laughs> who wants to go night night? <laughs> give me, give me a snack. Give me a pillow, and shut the frig up. And back the frig up. Oh my god, this <laughs> is the bookend. <laughs> Take us out, Dan. While we. Freak this track up. Throw your hands up. (laughs) We'll see you guys next time. For more great content like this, be sure to check out CKCC Radio and subscribe to never miss an episode.